Welcome back to yet another episode of Notice Left, your weekly podcast for some trivial information and postal knowledge. I'm your host, Mailman P, the best in the West. I'm joined today by my co-host. It's me, Bowers, the beast of the East. So, Bowers, I know that we're on episode two now, um, and, you know, we... We are thankful for everybody that was able to go ahead and give that a listen, and hopefully we'll have even more listeners on this week. And I know that we're extra thankful for everybody that took a little bit of time to kind of reach out to us with both positive and negative feedback on that episode. So moving forward, especially start with this one here, we're going to try and put those practices into place. And so, Bowers, why don't you kind of start off with a little bit of information on what it is that we're trying to do and why we think – you know, we deserve 30 to 45 minutes of people's time as the week goes by. Well, one, we're legendary, so that's how you decide to sit down and give us the 30 to 45 minutes that we are offering here. And also, we're just we're just a couple dudes, man. Um, we have flaws. We have debt. We're not Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube influencer by any means. So we're just kind of here to kind of give you some current events, try to keep you up to date on a few things that we think is important. Uh, I know we can't keep everything up to date, but we're going to do our best to keep you informed of current events. Yeah, you know, I think it's just a fun way to kind of start the episode, just kind of cover one, maybe two, depending on how it goes with the bigger stories in the week and see if we can make fun of each other a little bit in it. And I mean, I don't know. There are definitely celebrities and people that have fancier equipment and all that stuff. Um, And then, you know, there's, uh, like you were saying, those YouTube and Instagram influencers and things along those lines. And I just kind of realized and thought it might be fun. I mean, hell, even if it never goes anywhere, that just two regular old people, given their perspective on the world, as it just kind of keeps spinning around and seeing what happens with that. And then one area that I do know we have a pretty decent amount of knowledge and expertise on is when it comes to delivering the mail, both packages and letters. And so that's what we try to do with the certified delivery section. It's just kind of a, for lack of a better term, a tips and tricks area to improve the relationship between your local letter carrier and yourself on a day-to-day basis and just see if we can make that a smoother and more efficient process for everybody. Then I know that you kind of had the the idea to do the postage due section, which is, you know, a little more general life advice. And uh, why don't you break that down? Yeah, the postage due section is basically just a way that we can slowly try to improve society, I guess. I mean, it's nothing too serious. I mean, it's, it's just as much as holding the door open, saying hi to somebody walking down the street. Just be nice in general because we're dealing with some pretty crazy times right now and everybody definitely could use a smiling face to say hi to. Yeah, so, I mean, another way that works in conjunction too is to kind of look at the certified delivery as uh, postal knowledge to make life a little easier on a day-to-day basis. And then even in the postage due section, while it's just life in general and society in general, um, it also are things that, a lot of letter carriers can see on a daily basis. Um, I don't know. Maybe that helps make the world a little better too. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We do see a lot of things and I try to practice what I'm going to preach to everyone. So obviously last week we kind of started off the episode just discussing COVID-19 in a relative sense, but also with a kind of a specific focus on the post office. 
So let's kind of take it out of the post office this week here, Bowers, and kind of just talk about etiquette in general as things start to kind of gradually reopen. Yeah, basically don't be an asshole. Um, still do the social distancing. If a business that you're going into says mask required, wear your mask. I know around here we have gone green. I'm not sure about you guys over there in the uh, Rocky Mountain State or what type of phase you guys are in, but this area went green, so everything's starting to open back up, and we're all just kind of out and about again. So fingers crossed that we just keep on moving forward. Yeah, we're calling our segment out here. We didn't use the whole color scheme, so we did stay at home was our, you know, the actual quarantine stage or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, so now we're in the, the section that they're calling safer at home. Uh, that's a concept of like immunocompromised and um, elderly people are still encouraged to kind of follow the stricter portions of the stay at home guidelines uh, while the general population is going. And so we're, they're gradually starting to open things up here. Like movie theaters are still closed. Um, bars are still supposed to be closed, but they're kind of doing restaurants with limited capacity and things like that. Um, so I figured maybe just like a, a, a little etiquette section um, what to do if you find yourself out and about in public. And so, yeah, I think it kind of starts with the concept of wearing a mask. Uh, obviously, if you go into a restaurant, it's pretty damn difficult to wear a mask while you're eating. Um, but, you know, when you go in, wash your hands. Uh, if you feel sick, like, please stay at home. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a lot of small local businesses that maybe didn't get their hands on some of those initial loans that have been kind of struggling uh, with having to close their doors. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of places are still trying to find ways to do takeout and delivery, but if their, um, their business model wasn't set up initially to support themselves that way. Uh, so, you know, be smart. Don't force them to have to close down again because you didn't think your fever was that bad or, uh, you didn't have a cough that was that bad. And, you know, it's kind of mind your P's and Q's in that sense. Yeah, pretty much. That's all you can do is just kind of take responsibility. If you feel, if you're not feeling a hundred percent, just kind of chill at home another day and see how you feel, but don't go out and uh, risk the freedom that we're starting to get back for everyone by uh, going out and <laughs> starting another uh, wave of COVID out there, I guess. It's what everybody's kind of been waiting on. I know um, around here, pretty much everything is open back up. I know the nail salons, the theaters, uh, bars and everything. I think the restaurants can do 50% capacity. I'm not sure what the issues or the procedures are at the um, movie theaters. Um, I actually don't even know what's going on with the gyms because for some reason my gym has yet to open and they're a big chain. So I don't know what their type of measurements are going to be, but I know smaller gyms have opened. Uh, I mean, really, everything's getting back to normal here. We can have up to 250 people in a spot at one time, Sport, uh, professional sport teams. Actually, I think every sports team can go back to uh, participating again, I think, as of Tuesday, I believe. So we're kind of good to go and hopefully it continues, but just be smart. Well, I think one of the biggest things with being smart too is, you know, obviously we know from what the experts have told us that this thing is kind of respiratory droplet based and airborne um, that, you know, just the reminder, respiratory droplets can come out of people's mouths and 
and land on a surface that you could touch. So try to remember not to touch your face still when you're out there unless, you know, you've just washed your hands or something like that. Um, but that kind of reminds me of something. This is even before the COVID thing. I don't know about you, but having also been in the bar and the restaurant industry for a while is uh, it's 2020, man. Get yourself a damn portable battery pack. You don't need to be asking somebody else <laughs> to plug your phone in because then they're touching your stuff. But even more importantly, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of just some general life advice. Like it's, I can speak from having experience in, on the issue. It's annoying when you ask me to plug your phone in. And then it's double annoying when your phone's been plugged in for 10 minutes and you ask me to get it for you so you can check your text message. And then you ask me to plug it back in for you. Do you know how we avoid that? If you own your own fucking portable battery. Yeah, first off, fuck you, because I recently just lost mine. No clue where <laughs> I lost it at, so I kind of hate you right now. But I did cherish that thing. I tried to take it everywhere with me, uh, just because you never know. I mean, sometimes you I, – I don't know how many times I've plugged my phone in before I go to bed, and maybe at some point during the night my arm swatted the phone and it unplugged, and I wake up and I have 30% battery. Like, yeah. Well, you want a little life pro tip on that, bud, because I learned this. I actually had to go into the Apple store once because my cable like wouldn't even fit in the thing. And the, man, it's such bullshit. The dude looks at me. So, you know, I have to drive uh, like hours round trip because there's not an Apple store near me. Um, but I thought like something was actually wrong with my phone. So I took it in and the guy's like, oh, we have the special tool. And he, I kid you not, like basically pulled out a fucking paper clip <laughs> and it, but it was, like, in a weird shape so that he could call it a special tool. And he, like, dragged it through the port where my phone actually plugs in and just, like, pulled a bunch of lint out. And then the, the, it, the shit just plugged right in. And so I looked at him, and I was like, is your special tool a paperclip? And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, it's a special tool that we have for cleaning out the port. And I was like, it's a fucking paperclip, dude. And so, like, once a month, I just run a paperclip through there. And I, the postal shorts, dude, they're notorious for it. And then when I'm not wearing postal shorts, there's a really good chance I'm just wearing my cutoff jean shorts because that's basically all I wear. Which, yeah, second side tangent about me, I pretty much buy one pair of jeans from like Walmart or something every winter or like fall time. And I wear those through the fall. And then when it gets nice enough that I start wearing my Chacos on a daily basis, I just cut the legs off of those jeans and turn them into the jean shorts of the summer. And so that's I own one pair of pants a year, basically. But yeah, um, if you're having trouble with your phone charging overnight, just clean that port out with the paper clip. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, but seriously, fuck the battery packs. I'm so mad I don't have mine anymore. I, uh, dude, I remember when I had it last, because I always keep it in my little bag, my little drawstring bag. I take all my lunch, my odds and ends with me to work, and it's obviously falling out somewhere between getting in and out at the office or in and out of the car at the office, and I haven't seen it. I'm just hoping it's like falling in some crevice that I just haven't discovered yet. Yeah, what sucked is you also, that was like your longest sentence ever. I was waiting to open that damn beer, but I had to keep going with the point that battery packs are lifesavers. And especially, I don't know if you're like me, you know, um, some days if I go on like a longer bike ride or I spend time on the phone, I kind of eat through the battery on my phone longer or quicker than on a day when, you know, maybe I just kind of listen to a couple podcasts or I'm listening to a music album or you know, not using as often and whatnot. And so just having that power at your hands is nice. And especially, I mean, it beyond the annoyance of like being at a bar or a restaurant or something and asking someone to plug it in for you. Um, what if you're, 
you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Let's say you go on a hike and you're like GPS tagging and your battery starts to die, but then you have a flat tire and you need to call somebody to help you, but you don't have power or something like, you know, it can actually be a valuable tool for that. Or you're driving to a place you've never been before. You didn't realize it. Bam, your phone dies. And now you don't know where you're going. Yeah. Battery packs are lifesavers to be honest. So I don't know if we really have anything else to say on that. I kind of went off the rails with my tangent on battery packs. That's fine. Battery packs are important. So, yeah, it's, you know, and I think another thing to remember as businesses start to reopen is um, kind of no matter where you fall on how serious the virus is or it isn't, uh, I think we just got to kind of be respectful about the guidelines that have been put out there from experts and um, you don't know what somebody else is going through. And if they have, you know, a comp- whatever the case might be, just try to be respectful and mind the rules. Uh, I mean, those places are owned by a lot of those places, I should say, are owned by, you know, people in your community, local families and uh, neighbors that have put a lot into trying to make the dream happen of opening a small business. And every week that they have to be closed with no customers is another week that puts their livelihood and their dream in serious jeopardy. Yeah, seriously, those guys, are they need our help more than anybody, especially the big business, because these people, who knows, they might have mortgaged their house a couple times, and God knows what else they've got uh, that the bank has a hold of that they're just trying to keep the business going, so let's not ruin it for them because that's their livelihood. That's maybe their kids, grandkids. God knows how far down the line. Maybe it was theirs given to them by their great-great-grandpas or something. I mean, we don't want to cause these guys to lose their businesses that we go to enjoy, even if it's just that mom-and-pop haircut place or your local mom-and-pop's pharmacy or whatever. We don't want to to cause them to lose their business. We don't want to cause their employees to lose their job and the neighborhood to lose that small business because small business means a lot to America. It really does. I mean, it's one of the, you know, the founding things in smaller communities. And obviously, big corporations are going to exist. That's just the way the capitalism works. But, you know, I I often try to think too. a lot of times if I have friends or family that come into town, I'm not like, hey, do you guys want to go down to McDonald's and grab some burgers? No, I'm usually like, hey, do you guys want to go check out this local restaurant down the street that I love to eat at? Or, hey, do you all want to go grab a cold beer over at this bar? And my friend actually owns it. Um, you know, stuff like that. And so you can just help. So, I mean, a couple of tips that I just kind of have, I, I want to throw out there. Um, if you know, you're going to be paying with a card, uh, it's never the worst idea in the world to just have your own pen. And, you know, that's one less thing you have to touch. It's in your pocket. Uh, I know I also try to, if I know I'm going out, especially if I'm going to like sit down somewhere, I just try to have some small cash on me, you know, whether, and I try to mix it up a little bit too, like, maybe a, a 20 and a couple of tens and a couple of fives or something like that. Cause I can usually just work out a tip. And um, I mean, I know that everybody's in different spots right now, but also remember to try to take care of these people. You know, restaurants are opening sure, but they're at 50%, which a lot of times can mean that these people that are living on tips as the premium source of their wage are at that point, probably making 50% less tips. I mean, I'm sure some people are over tipping, but some people also under tip and, if they're only getting half the volume that they normally would, uh, you know, try to be a little extra generous if you can, if you've been fortunate enough, like um, us essential postal workers to keep working through the whole thing. Um, 
as stressful and shitty as it was, at least you still got to get out of the house and go to work every day. So try to get a little love back to the community if you can. Yeah, I know one thing we've been trying to do is definitely anytime we order out, we've been trying to use the uh, smaller businesses. We, I mean, we have used some of the bigger, bigger restaurants like once or twice, but not much. And I definitely try to make sure that I am definitely not over tipping, but, definitely trying to give a better tip than I normally would during this. Just, I know, I know it's hard and I know a lot of people can't order out as much as they could because a lot of people are hurting right now, but I'm at least trying to make it feel like I am doing my part by trying to help them out as as well. Yeah. And it's, I mean, by no means by telling people just go out and spend money at a local business. If it's not within your means, don't do it. Um, you know, keep food on your own table and keep a roof over your own head. If you, if, and if you're struggling, you know, keep doing the best you can and search out options. Um, but even if, you know, at that point, you're probably still going to a grocery store and it probably doesn't seem like much, but think about how many people go in, especially, I mean, I guess we can get into a little bit when people freaked the fuck out over toilet paper for no reason. Like, how do you think that dude that stocks the shelves that two weeks before that was just, he or she was living a, a, a pretty normal day-to-day life, and now they got somebody cussing them up and down and uh, wondering why there's no damn toilet paper and all this. So, like, remember, just try to be nice to those people. Say, th- hey, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for being open. I appreciate it. It's, you know, I'm able to get food on my table and uh, help out and just say thanks. It's not hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a couple uh, barber. Sh- I have a barber shop and a beauty shop that just opened back up on my route. And the first day they came back, one of the ladies that owns the business was getting her stuff unpacked and uh, I was across the street delivering. I, I barely know the lady. I've only met her a couple of times when we speak and I told her, I was like, Hey, it's good to see you back and uh, hope and hope you've been, hope you and your family have been doing well. And she was saying hi and thanks and all that stuff. And that, that's just the way I try to do. I, I mean, I know that everybody's struggling and just try to be nice to these people. And like for the toilet paper issue, that is insane. One, everybody needs to think about it. toilet paper takes up a large area. It doesn't it doesn't take long for you to clear out a toilet paper all to begin with. So don't be freaking out and starting a damn mass craze in the uh your local Walmart or Target or whatever place you go to shop for your groceries because I'm sure they probably got more in the back. They just haven't had a chance to restock it because it takes up a large area. And when you got one idiot going and grabbing six uh, packets of toilet paper, yeah, it goes fast. Well, that's, you know, another thing to kind of remember, and this kind of get, ties in with the idea of local business and community is the idea. Um, it's easy to get yourself in a frenzy when everybody starts panic buying stuff, but just kind of sit down and think to yourself rationally, you know, Sure, maybe you want to grab like one extra thing of it, but you don't need to have an entire shopping cart full of hand soap or hand sanitizer or toilet paper. Those essential things, I mean, try to consider that your next door neighbor probably needs those supplies too. And the healthcare worker that's trying to come home and still be with their family, like they need those supplies and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just try to remember that and, and just be courteous and not buy every single thing just because it's an option on the shelf. Yeah. And you can also go out and get like a cheap day for any toilet. So you don't have to worry about so much toilet paper also. 
Yeah, I mean, you might get a bow day. I don't know what that's going to do for you, but I, I personally like to use a, a bidet. What the fuck, <laughs> Your pronunciation, my pronunciation. I grew up in the South. No, fuck off. I, I mean, it's still just called the bidet, bud. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's a, it's a stream anyway. of water that shoots up your ass and cleans it, so there it is. Yeah, I mean, it's very handy, and it also reduces the need you have for toilet paper. But I, the last thing I'll really kind of say about local businesses, too, is it is kind of uh, it's a circle of support for each other. I mean, I know not every local business needs to send packages in and out, but, you know, they do get letters in and out, and they the ones that are using packages in and out. So we at the Postal Service need, you know, you and, and your business just as much as uh, – the community needs you out there to serve their needs as well. So we're all kind of in this together. So let's just try to make it as peaceful and as smooth as possible as we get these things reopened. Yep. And hopefully sooner or later we can be high-fiving and fist-bopping. When it comes to getting mail and packages delivered to people's doors, I would say that we're legendary. When it comes to podcasts, I've come to really appreciate how legendary Anchor is. Absolutely. Uh, Anchor is the easiest way to create a podcast, man. Um, They give you literally everything you need at your fingertips to record and edit your podcast. And all you need is a smartphone or a computer. Now, I got to tell you, it is relieving to work with a company that actually gives you everything you need. But the best part, and this is what you were going to talk to me about, is it's free, right? Yeah, 100% free. And not only is it free, but Anchor is going to distribute all your work to all the apps you enjoy listening to. But here's the here's a big time catch right here that had me from the beginning. You can get paid to podcast. Paid to podcast. Like we're talking right out of the gate. I'm going to have some money rolling in from podcasting. Yep, the dirty, dirty cash. Well, we all like cash, don't we? And we all like things that are free. So, folks, if you want to go ahead and get in the podcasting game, go check out Anchor.fm to join the podcasting community. That's Anchor.fm. And don't forget, you can also download that free app. All right, welcome back. And this week in our certified delivery segment, we want to kind of link our topic from last week on proper names of who lives at the address with writing on people's mail and the current resident line that you see pop up. And there are variations of that, which we'll get into. So I don't know about you personally, but I want to try to help people to understand that you don't have to write all over an envelope if it's somebody that doesn't live at your house. Yeah. I think everybody just needs to like, Take a second and relax. If you get someone else's mail, it's our bad if it's the actual wrong address. But if it's something that covers, say, John Doe or a current resident and it is your address, just don't put it back in the mailbox like it doesn't belong to you. Don't write all over it trying to... Don't give us a novel of why this doesn't belong to you. Just put it back in your mailbox. We, as postal carriers, are trained. If it's put back in the mailbox, there's various reasons it's outgoing mail or it doesn't belong to you. We don't need a huge explanation of why this isn't yours. Yeah, so I think a way that we can kind of help people is, I just don't know if there is a lot of common knowledge on it. 
um, in terms of what to do. So the best thing that you can do is, let's say it's a previous uh, person that used to live there or perhaps the homeowner that you're renting from got a piece of mail, but you know we weren't sure. The, the ideal thing for you to do is just put the flag up on your mailbox or if you don't have a flag, just use like a clothespin or one of those binder clips and just kind of clip it on the outside of your mailbox and we'll grab it. And that's, that's our signal as carriers to let us know that that person doesn't live there. And that also can include, I know you and I were talking about this the other day, cause it does happen from time to time. Um, letters do sometimes build up a little bit of static and especially if it's the smaller postcard sized pieces of mail that come through, those sometimes do just accidentally get stuck to the back of a letter and we might not catch it and it might supposed to go to your neighbor. And it's the same concept. Just put the flag up and pin it on the mailbox. Um, and then that way we will grab it and then take care of it internally at the post office with getting it to the right mailbox or return to sender and or forwarded where that person has moved, which is another reason why, filling up those blue cards and properly doing your change of address forms is a pretty important thing to do. Yeah. Um, going back to the whole thing of letters sticking together, especially this time of the year with all the moisture out in the air and we're sweating, things stick together. And also uh, people who send stuff like in mass, like some banks and other places, they'll, I don't, I don't even know how it happens, but it's like, some reason these things are glued together. I had one that happened literally Saturday. I had you literally pry apart two letters and one belonged on my route. One belonged into another state. I mean, that stuff happens and it's not always that we even notice that because we're typically on a time crunch. So we're kind of go, go, go. And sometimes, sometimes we just kind of get lost in the uh, moment of walking and, we're under a lot of stress from the heat, so sometimes things can go wrong there. But, I mean, things stick together, and it happens. So just kind of be respectful to the person that the letter does belong to and don't write all over it. Just, if anything, if you want to be that person, get a Post-it note and put the Post-it note with a little tag on it. Doesn't belong here or wrong address, whatever. We'll, we'll take care of it. It is our mistake. And typically, most cares on up to that. I know I do. I mean, I definitely admit when it happens, you know, or sometimes you might have that gap where like two or three houses aren't getting mail and you just, you're kind of in the zone delivering that day and, uh, you know, you just miss it by one mailbox or, you know, it's one of those super long days and you start getting hungry and a little tired at the end of the day and, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And, I, you know, I think kind of a good point of reference for a lot of people, too, is, you know, I have 700 plus uh, boxes on my route. And so I'm managing the mail for all of that. And for if you're the resident of the house, like you only have one mailbox to maintain. And I take pride in trying to get the right names and the right addresses to people. But, you know, sometimes we, we do make a mistake where we are humans out there. We're not robots. And, uh, you know, just try to be a little patient on that and think about how you personally feel if maybe birthday card from grandma or something like that got a little mixed up or, you know, I see this all the time too. Maybe the numbers on them are backwards. 
um, or it's off by a block or something along those lines. And so we try, but you know, how do you personally feel if you get a piece of mail that somebody else has written all over? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't feel great about it. And when it does happen and I do make a mistake and I pick it up the next day, I mean, I feel like crap because I accidentally made a mistake and then someone went out of the way to write a novel on that letter to tell me that I made the mistake when all you had to do was just put it on the mailbox with your flag up, stick it out, whatever you guys like to do with whatever type of mailbox you have, I'll take care of it. Nobody wants to get grandma or grandpa's letter with a novel on it of your mailman misdelivered it because trust me when you're out there and you're looking at numbers all day long numbers and letters sometimes it just runs together i know some people can't comprehend that i mean if you're somebody who works with numbers all day long maybe at a bank or something you kind of get it but not everybody does stuff that sees numbers and letters all day so but i mean it does it blends in a lot well, and, you know, part of it, too, is, you know, I have my own route and you have your own route. And so I'm out there five days a week. But, you know, I I do get a day off and I have to substitute that works. And, you know, we also have a position of uh, carrier assistants who are, are newer to the system. And, you know, they're not necessarily the best at checking names right out of the gate because of, you know, time crunches. And they're just trying to get a, an understanding for the flow of the game in terms of, putting on that many miles a day if they were not used to walking that much and, you know, trying to manage all the packages and all the mail. And, you know, the concept of delivering mail is a relatively simple one, but actually putting it into practice day in and day out um, is exhausting both mentally and physically. So, you know, just cut us a little slack. Now, the flip side of that is if you're receiving something in your mailbox, just be a little extra vigilant and, and sometimes read that second line below your name. Cause a lot of times I get mail back that's, you know, written all over, doesn't live here, hasn't lived here in X amount of years or, you know, something along those lines and directly underneath that person's name is the line or current resident or something along those lines. You know, we see variations of it, like the Valpex do smart shopper. Um, there's a couple other ones like to the fabulous person at blank address, you know, things like yeah. that. So just take an extra second and kind of, and catch that line because then we have to stop kind of highlight the or current resident part and it just ends up back in your mailbox. And then, you know, now it just turns into this process of accepting that mail. And, you know, if it says or current resident, we have to put that in your mailbox. Yeah. You might not like it. I might not like it because I know what's going to happen to it. I mean, I get it all the time in my house. The old person who used to own this house or the person who used to live here, it's their name or current resident. And trust me, I deliver it all day. I see it. I know it's coming. And you know what I do? I look at and be like, well, I'm the current resident. So to wrap this up and just for some fun... Bowers and I, we were sitting here talking and just kind of spitballing a little bit. And we decided that, you know, we wanted to give you an idea of some fun things that you can do with that current resident mail. So, you know, you can take the paper out of the envelope and make it into a paper airplane. Um, you can also take it. And if you're having a bad day, just rip it up into little pieces. Try to make yourself feel a little better. You can even take those little pieces, and if you are celebrating a birthday while you're in quarantine, you can throw them up in the air and have some confetti. 
Exactly. That's a great point. Also, if you are a sports fan and you know we haven't had sports lately and you have someone who lives with you, take that current resident male and um, turn it into a paper football and play with your roommate. Dude, I haven't played paper football in forever. That's a great call. You could also, with a roommate or a family member, you could take that piece of mail, crinkle it up into a ball, and shoot it into the trash can and play basketball. Try trick shots. Shoot it off the wall, off the ceiling, bounce it off the bookcase. I don't know. There's a lot of fun things you could do there. Yeah, you can also be creative and turn one piece of your current resident mail into an envelope and make another one and turn that into a card and send it to a loved one. Everybody loves a uh, handmade uh, card from a relative. That's not a bad idea. You could put it on your coffee table as a coaster so that you don't get sweat rings on your table. Or you can prop that foot up on the coffee table and turn it into a telescope and pretend you're a pirate. Oh, man, being a pirate's awesome. If your table that you're putting your foot on is wobbly, you could take another piece of that mail and rip it up into pieces and slowly put them underneath the leg that's making it wobble. Bam, your table doesn't wobble anymore. Yeah, and after you expended all that energy doing that, you're probably needing to be fanned off. So you can just turn that paper into a fan. Cool yourself down. Dude, when's the last time you made a paper fan? Never in my life. It's Honestly, though, with how hot it's getting these days, that's not a bad idea. Let's say that you had multiple pieces of current resident mail that have built up in your mailbox or on your counter over time. You could wob those up into a bigger ball. Bam, you have a soccer ball. Exactly. Also, I think it would be uh, fun because here in a couple months, we'll have Halloween rolling around the corner and you could make yourself a Halloween mask out of it. You could, after Halloween, you know how you do the fold move? You could cut it up. You could make little snowflake decorations to hang around your house. And also, if you're into paper mache, guess what? We deliver a lot of current resident stuff, so you can paper mache whatever you enjoyed. You can cut it up and make some kind of cool art collage and hang it on your wall. You could also rip them into thin little pieces and try to braid your paper. You could use it to try to make your own Sudoku puzzle. You could also roll it up into a funnel and use it to pour things into small uh, crevices. Yeah, so I think basically what you got right there, listeners, was, I don't know, just the start of a list of things you could do. I have more, you know, you could do origami, things like that. There's plenty of things that you can do with it. But at the end of the day, uh, let's just make the plan a better place. And when you are getting rid of it, try to recycle it. Hey, and before you recycle it, if you do run out of toilet paper, guess what, guys? You can use it. Well, and there you have it. Bam, problem solved. You now have plenty of fun activities to do with current resident mail, including some helpful tips around the house. And we hope that that segment kind of, uh, yet again, makes the relationship between you and your local letter carrier a little better on a daily basis. Okay, so for this week in the postage due segment, we realized that as things were opening up and we kind of talked a little bit about just uh, driving and keeping an eye open, we also realized that people are going to be altering their vacation plans. They're not going to be flying as much. You're going to be you know, driving to camping destinations or maybe driving to see family members. So we thought we'd kind of tie that in with just some general knowledge and tips for driving on the open road. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, common knowledge I think we can uh, drop on everyone. And I think some of the things you need to make sure that you at least are aware of is uh, 
Have you had your oil checked lately? Is your tire pressure good? Um, kind of like things like that. Do you have a spare? Do you have a map just in case you're out of a area where you don't have real good service and you can't use your maps on your phone? Some things like that in general. I'm sure uh, Mailman P has quite a bit more. Well, another thing to think about with maps too, especially if you're traveling with like your family and young kids, I know that we all have GPS on our phones or built into your car or whatever, but if you take that map, you can, you know, highlight the route that you took and frame it on the wall and kind of create a memory within the memory so that, you know, down the road, look on the map and remember it. A tire pressure gauge is a good thing to have in your glove compartment as well. Um, along with just, you know, in your, in the trunk of your car or the back of your SUV or truck or whatever the case might be like just a little emergency supply kit things, not the worst idea in case you get stranded in the middle of nowhere, you know, such as a blanket, a pillow, um, a portable battery pack, you know, those are good things to have. Um, and then when it comes to actually driving on the road, I know that you and I had, we made a pretty exhaustive list of all of the things that we just want to remind people of. It's possible that maybe you've never learned one of these in the past or you have and just have forgotten it. So I think we should kind of cover some of those as well. Yeah, um, I think some of the things you need to uh, be aware of is, especially depending on the area you're driving in, um, some places have a larger deer population. So you want to definitely make sure when you can use your brights you definitely should use them just because you never know when there's a deer standing off to the side of the road or depending on what part of the country. And there are other large animals such as deer. Um, well, you don't see a whole lot of moose standing on the side of the road, but I guess that could happen. It's um, possible. And if I could jump in there, um, especially driving at night on trips, I know I once drove to go to South Dakota to meet up with some friends from Ohio we went to Mount Rushmore and I drove from Colorado to get there and they drove from Ohio to get there. And I probably saw over 100 deer once I was driving on like two and four lane highways. Um, and uh, thankfully there weren't that many other cars coming the opposite way, but with my brights on, you know, you get that wider angle of the road and it definitely helped me see like packs of, or packs <laughs> herd of deer, you know, grazing on the side of the road or you could even seem like contemplating crossing and it allowed me to you know kind of slow down a little bit and prepare a plan in my head of what to do if the deer jumped out and all that kind of jazz yeah you definitely don't want to hit a deer or any other large animal when you're out traveling that that definitely means you need to have some sort of backup uh some like roadside assistance, whether it's AAA, State Farm, stuff like that, just in case you always want to be prepared. Because if you hit a deer and you're in just a car or even a small pickup, that, that can be devastating. You could actually just total your vehicle depending on what you hit because I've seen it happen quite a few times and it's not pleasant when you're stranded. You also might want to make sure, depending on the time of the year, you might want to have spare blankets with you. Yeah, and that for some reason that made me think of another good thing to have in your car or vehicle, I should say, is a set of jumper cables because maybe you have a battery that dies on you somewhere and there's someone that's there willing to help you, but they don't have jumper cables and then you're kind of just stuck in the middle of nowhere versus if you have those jumper cables, you can get yourself right back on the road pretty quickly. 
Yeah, and another big thing that you need in your vehicle is also a spare gas can, just in case you, like I've been known to do, you just get out there driving and you're so focused on the road, you don't even pay attention. You've just went 250, 300 miles and haven't even noticed your gas gauge. And if you're not looking at the gas gauge, the chances are you might not be looking at the um, exit signs and you could have just passed a sign if you're, for example, you're traveling through Texas, you start going through some of those towns, you might not have a, another gas station for 120 miles. So you have to be very careful of that. Or you're going to be in the middle of nowhere with no help. Um, so then, you know, speaking of being back on the road, I think we kind of covered some common items that you want to make sure that you have in the vehicle. When you're on the road, some courteous things that you can do and some etiquette things that you can do, especially on the interstate if you're taking those longer road trips, are turn signals. Um, I'm a big fan of turn signals. I'm the guy that uses a turn signal when I'm like just pulling out of the driveway to park onto the street. Hey, that's not a bad idea because I mean, some people don't use them at all. Yeah, and that, you know, that's another thing too. You always want to try to be looking out in front of you so that you don't find yourself in a situation where you have to slam on your brakes. Um, and that's also just going to help you with vehicle maintenance because your brake pads and your rotors aren't going to wear out as fast if you're doing that move where you're gradually decelerating instead of slamming on the brakes at the last minute. And some of that can be related to what we covered early in the episode with the idea of things like distracted driving. Um, if you're paying attention, you see that stoplight and you see that stop sign with plenty of time. When you're on the interstate, another good thing to do is try to use the cruise control. Uh, it just helps traffic flow better. It's going to be a little more efficient on your vehicle for fuel mileage, which is a good thing to have. Um, and if you notice that cars are piling up behind you, go ahead and get in the slow lane. Like there's nothing wrong with being in the lane on the right instead of the fast lane on the left. Just let those guys go by. I mean, hell, if you're out on a road trip, it's not like you're in a super dire need to get there as fast as humanly possible. So you might as well just enjoy the scenery and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Just also on that note about the, uh, fast and slow lane here's a little driver etiquette for you if you don't want to drive the speed limit please don't get in the fast lane and drive beside the person who is driving the speed limit because you're literally just backing traffic up behind you and you know how people are these days they get kind of angry behind the wheel and that could lead some to some kind of nasty incident also oh road rage is a thing and that's another thing um, and I'm going to kind of tie this into two things on a road trip. Even if you're just driving like an hour up the Canyon to go camping or something like that, make sure you got some bitching ass tunes to listen to. Um, good tunes make good trips. And if you have good tunes, you're probably not going to have that much road rage happen because you're just going to be like, ah, whatever, dude, I got this killer jam on. I'm just going to keep rocking. Yeah. Nothing's worse than getting in a vehicle with somebody and their choice of music is subpar. Because it makes for a long trip. It does. And I won't even say you can have, if you're the driver, you know, you get your choice and it might not be a genre of music that I personally endorse or really like. But if you take the time to actually pick the good songs from whatever genre it might be and make a playlist, I can come around to it. I can jam. I can do that move where you put your arm out the window and kind of roll it up and down like a wave. I mean, who does, who hasn't done that on a road trip of some sort, right? Yeah, exactly. I think everybody's done that at least once in their life. I'm... Yeah. Or the hands out the sunroof. If you have one. Yeah. I, I do that. Sometimes this kind of makes me feel like a kid again. 
Yeah, and Lord knows with all the stress that 2020 has been bringing around, that's never a bad idea to do something that reminds yourself of the joy that you got from the tiny little things in life when you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. There's not a whole lot of things you get to do anymore that once you become an adult that you can kind of make yourself feel like a kid again. So whenever you can find something, definitely do it occasionally. Yeah, and so the last thing I want to say about the music, and this is just something I was reading an article, and it actually made a lot of sense because I connect things to music in my own life, was if you are going to a place that you've never been, try to find one or two songs that you don't listen to all that often, or maybe even it's a brand new song, and play that when you arrive at your destination or when you're kind of looking at what you want because it helps really ingrain that memory. And then in the future, when you hear that song, you're going to have more vivid memories of you know what it is that you're seeing or where it is that you've gotten to. And so I think that's just a good piece of advice for people to have. And I know from personal experience, uh, before I even had read this article, that things I've done in my life and trips I've taken in my life where that has happened without me intentionally doing it. It's, it's true and valid advice. Yeah. That sounds like uh, great advice to have right there. I've never really thought about that or I mean, hell if I would thought about, it, I guess I would have wrote that article myself and made myself famous. Yeah. And I mean, at that point too, everybody would have been impressed that you actually did know how to write. Yeah. I'm, I'm not big on the literature part. <laughs> but hey books are fun and trips are fun and when you're going on a trip don't forget to take a book so that you can read something too because uh i know that it's one of the most relaxing things i can do and even if it's an audio book if you're not into physically reading um it's just a great way to relax especially on like a camping trip or things like that yeah for sure i need to find myself a good book because uh, we'll get a vacation plan next month and it'll be nice to have on the plane yeah, see, I mean, you also blew it right there. You could have plugged it as, or you could listen to your favorite podcast, Notice Left, when you're on vacation. But that's fine. I'll plug the podcast. Uh, this is called Notice Left. That's another um, episode in the books. We hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week. Peace. This is Mailman P reminding you listeners, be legendary. While we are getting into the podcasting game, I realize that we're new in the community, and so we're going to really need the help of our legendary listeners that we can get this podcast out to the masses. Absolutely, and all we need you to do, the one, two quick little things for us. Go to our podcast and give us a rate and review. Be as honest as you want to be. We're not going to beg you for five stars because what we're going to bring you is going to be five stars. Now, Bowers, I can't disagree with that. I can only hope that the listeners out there are going to go ahead and nail these ratings and reviews um, about as smoothly as you nailed that, uh, remembering what number came after one there. Because <laughs> I really thought you were going to blow it. But, I mean, in all seriousness, listeners, we would absolutely love it if you could jump on there and give us uh, whatever kind of review, whatever kind of rating you want. But that's how we are going to be able to get this out there. Yeah, I mean, and the flip side of it is, um, I actually don't know what I was going to say. That I had a complete fucking mental blank. God damn it. Hey, mental blanks happen all the time. Yeah, might as well crack open the spear. I'll take the blame on that one. Um, let's go for 1220. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Notice Left, your weekly podcast brought to you by God damn it, that was awful. I was trying to write down notes on editing right there, and so like, and I can promise you that I am not very good at staying focused while trying to write at the same time. We're brought to you by God damn it. I mean, all I've had to drink today, too, was one mimosa this morning. I mean, hell, I guess I just cracked open a beer, but good Lord. Oh, all right, let's go, for, let's go for 13 minutes and, you know, maybe actually do something good this time. Oh, focus, focus, focus. <sighs> Welcome back to another episode of Notice God Damn Knows Laughing. <laughs> this is all your fault. You made me wait all day to do this. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, oh. that's, that's, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, six botches right there, everybody. That's six botches. Dude, I'm crying. And by no means necessary are we have any, god damn it, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you were, like, you are literally stumble right there. Like, we might have just discovered a new dinosaur. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> motherfucker was extinct long before the rest. <laughs> Dude, so there in the first run that we had of that, I don't know if you heard the loud smack sound. I killed one moth, and there's now another one. <laughs> and I've been having this like death stare down with it the entire time. Because if you remember in the outtakes of last episode, I discussed how annoying these moths are right now. Yeah, you and this goddamn moth just have a vendetta for one another. <laughs> <laughs> 